Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a November 29th, Tuesday evening edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your co-host for the day, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazer beat writer for Vancouver Columbian, and I'm joined today by Dane Carbaugh, NBC's pro basketball talk, Blazers Edge, everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere on the internet that uh, matters, and, really. And, right and most importantly, Lockdown Blazers. And most importantly, your co-host for Lockdown Blazers. What's going on, man? Not much. Not much. Uh, except for the Blazers' defense. I Ugh. guess the, the Blazers' defensive rating is up in, in, in a bad way. <laughs> like up, up as in counting upwards, not right. in terms of the ranking. Yeah, dead, dead last. What is the what is the official defensive? Is it it's like one hundred eight or something, or is oh, it worse? It, than I that? think it's. I think it was one ten. I, I think it was one ten point five. I think, oh yeah, <laughs> which is absurd. That's it's, like it's absurd. I don't know if that's historically bad, but like I'm one. Ooh, I'm starting to question. I'm starting to wonder whether that might be historically bad. That's a good question, but I also feel ah, that's hard. I feel like we would have a better just uh, eyeball on that if the Blazers weren't so good on offense, because obviously their their net rating isn't as bad as it should be. But because right. they're such a good offensive team, but if they were a bad offensive team or even a, a middling offensive team, you'd be looking at them and saying, I mean, they already are getting blown out. So, but if they're getting blown out by thirty every single night, you'd say, oh, definitely a historically bad defensive team. I'm sure we could look it up. With we didn't prepare for that. I didn't prepare for that at all. But I, I, I didn't either. I didn't either. But sometimes you gotta. It, sometimes you you, you got to just roll with it w- whenever it comes to you. Um, oh, and and I mean, I'm, it, it's so that's the NBA.com rating. Mm-hmm. And the only way for us to actually cross reference whether it's the worst of all time is to use the. Basketball, basketball reference reference, reference. Yeah. is basketball reference. This is a very inside basketball podcasting for for the, for those of you. Uh, I'm answering some some questions on basketball reference right now to get you this info. Okay, so the the worst defensive rating of all time. Oh, you're doing it, yeah. Okay, yeah. I found hit me, hit me. I, fa- I found it. It's a three way tie, and the Blazers are not there yet. Wait, wait, wait. You should ooh, not there yet. Do you want to play a game? Well, let's let's see if I can try to guess it. Okay, Can, oh, give me. Uh, it's a three-way tie. Are the teams in? Are the teams in the same era? Are they from different? There, eras? there are two from the same era and okay. one outlier. So there's and three. One te- outlier. There, there's three teams. There's two teams from around from the same era and one outlier. Oh, when were NBA defenses the worst? It's got to. Hmm. Is it? Uh, give me, give me a decade. Give me a decade for one of them. I'll just try to guess one. Okay. Or, 90s for the for for 90s yeah okay, 90s the worst teams the worst defensive teams right. in the 90s ooh 
That is tough. Because <laughs> you think about you think about the nineties, and they end up being you know all all these guys gritting down and scoring eighty six points a game, and no, no no easy layups and all this other stuff. But the other end of it is I it's also I have a hint. Okay, give me a hint. Give I have a hint. hint. I have a hint. One of the teams has an association uh-huh. with the University of Oregon. With there, the University th- there's of Oregon. A, there's a connection there. From the 90s. From the 90s. So it, of, could be, it could be late. So you could be talking about one of the Lukes, which would be... Well, I'm talking about... Okay. I should clarify what type of connection. It's a coach. It's a coach. Uh, I'm bad at Oregon coaches. I'm like... I mean, because I was also a, a side note. I was a Beavers fan until I went to the University of Oregon. Same here. Okay, yeah. so yeah, the uh, Salem boys on you know yeah, on the squad exa- here, right? Exactly. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so it's like Ernie. Ernie is my sort of understanding of the first. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna know. I don't okay. know. I, okay. you, just you just have to tell me what it is. Okay. I, okay. It's too tough. So, so one of the teams, the team with the Oregon connection, was mm-hmm. the 1990-91 Denver Nuggets, coached by Paul Westhead. Who was the uh, women's? Paul, of course, women's coach. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, he obviously, was the, yeah, women's coach, Showtime Lakers coach, who got fired. I think got replaced. They replaced him with Pat Riley. Uh, yeah, I I knew that. I knew that he was he was at Oregon. That was that would be the one coaching thing that I would have guessed. I was just would have thinking men's coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I guess I should have. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's, right. that's, that's that. It was kind of a trick reference. Ninety like, Nuggets. Yeah. Ninety. Well, where, so the, where were they at? Where were they? 90, at? 90, 90, 91 Nuggets. Uh, with a one fourteen point seven is the worst of all time. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, one fourteen point seven in a three way tie with the oh eight oh nine Sacramento Kings and the ninety two and the ninety two ninety three Dallas Mavericks. The Blazers. Wow. The Blazers right now would only be the ninth worst defense of all time if that's they, still historic top that, 10 th- yeah that's, that's still historic so, literally historic it's literally right now the blazers are playing historically bad defense so we can use that qualifier at least in the current time um mm-hmm. we're, we're told that and and they had some similar stretches last year where they kind of sucked for a while mm-hmm. and then i definitely remember there was a stretch in january where they had like five days or something they had huge gaps for practices mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of home games and I think maybe like one road game to, you know, LA or something. But other than that, they were mostly around. And so maybe this time I, I, I do, I see a lot of people scoffing at the fact that they can get better at defense in the middle of the season, but mm-hmm. they, this team, this team has shown an ability to learn mid season from their struggles and improve on those. Let me play devil's advocate then. Okay. Do you think that this team did that last year? They were terrible the first two two because I I picked the under for their uh, over under last season, which was like twenty eight games. I picked twenty. I picked them at like twenty six. I went way under. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and obviously they turned that around and had a great season last year. And they had a, a lot of expectations coming into this season, and they got. I don't know if better is. I mean, mm. they got they got better experience wise. I guess that's yeah. what I would say. Um, and they added Evan Turner, which <laughs> at this point in time, I, I don't see any way to, to say that he's not a net negative. Oh, I, I mean, I mean, he's, he's, he's the, he's the biggest net negative in the in NBA, the in the right. NBA right now. So it, right. it would be a disservice and a little insulting if we didn't 
acknowledge the fact that he has been a net negative. I mean, like, right. it, like we can't pretend that it, it has been. So, no. like, yeah. Right. So, so my point is, if this team got better experientially, and then, but also added a net negative like Evan Turner so far, who hasn't played well, it's like, are you still expecting them them to be this historically bad at this point in time? Like, I, I, I don't know that. I'm not looking at them from a perspective of the way that I came into the season. I'm not looking at them from a perspective of they're, uh, oh, they're going to like revert to where they were at the beginning of last season. No, they're supposed to build at the end of last season. So they're not the team they were at the beginning of last season. They're the team they were. This sounds silly. I say it out loud, but at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. So it's expecting them to make that jump again when they've clearly taken two steps back. It's like I, I don't know that I have faith for it to happen two years in a row. That's my devil's advocate position to it. And I think it, not even that, I probably by my, my actual opinion on it is I'm not sure that I see them making a huge jump forward. Because I wasn't, as much as I, I hate to say this to Blazers fans, I don't think their defense was stellar or it wasn't good enough with Alfred Camino on the court in the first place. And I think there's been a lot of talk about him being gone with his calf injury, which has taken longer than we all thought. But him coming back and being a miracle cure – I don't think that's the case. I, I small sample size caveats. Uh huh. The plus minus with him on the court is is pretty drastic in terms of the defense. But but is it dra- does it put him into a? Uh, no, it doesn't put him into top ten. It's it's the difference right. between the worst defense in the league and average. Right, that's what I'm saying. And but that's not where I mean, this team wants. I guess to they go. were but an that, average that, team last year. Yeah, but there. That's but to your point, I do think that this is that's not where they want to go. No. And and and. and I, I I do. You know, I mean, at this point in time, maybe they do, but yeah, who knows? But Dame, anything, they, anything you, you know, get. right? And Dame's defense definitely should get called out. It's still an issue. I'm very curious to see if it did in that film session. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would. I would be very interested to see how many of those were him. But mm-hmm. Plumley, we've talked about the bench guys too. Are a god. There is no reason why the defensive rating, when Turner and Crab are on the court, should be astronomically higher. Should should be anything above one hundred and five. Mm-hmm. They're playing bench units. They're playing bench guys, bench mm-hmm. offenses that should not score at that rate. And to me, Crab has been not statistically as much of a problem but he has been just as disappointing to me because of the money they paid him and they paid him like a starter he's talked about wanting to be a starter but he's playing like he's a starter on this team and he doesn't have to do the dirty work and he doesn't have to defend the best guys and I, I just feel like he's losing focus too much on the things that he has to do for this team then I think if if I completely 100% agree with you and as much as I don't think it's popular a popular thing to sort of talk about it hasn't been talked about that much alan crab has been you know outside he has he has evan turner being one of the worst plus minus players in the league to sort of cover him and in fact the entire team does but uh, but alan crab really and i think if if i was thinking about it from his position and i got paid that amount of money and I was expecting to be a starter and I start, played more minutes than Mason Plumley last year as essentially the actual fifth starter um, to go to his role this year and not have his role sort of uh, increase and maybe get put in that position that I think that, you know, Nick Batum got stuck in 
a little for a while here in Portland, which was go be a corner shooter. You kind of do one thing on offense, mm-hmm. which the flip side of that is at that time, Nick Matum had not proven that he could even dribble a basketball in the pick and roll. And I don't think Alan Crabb has either. So, you know, how do you, how do you work that out through the coaching system? But, um, you know, I think there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Alan Crabb is wider with his arms than he is tall. His yeah. wingspan is wider than his own height, which is crazy because he's a, also a giant human being. So, um, and he has all this defensive sort of highlight plays like steals and, uh, you know, uh, he closes out from the top well with his, you know, he maybe blocks somebody on a jumper. Yeah, I But remember, he's yeah. just, he's, he's not a solid, he's not a solid, um, I don't think he's a very solid on-man defender yet. And he's a really, I think he's a subpar team defender because his head is turned towards the ball way too much and i can see defensive play like breakdowns coming backdoor cuts that kind of stuff coming or, or he loses a guy on a screen which you can't do for you know some of these bench guys like uh jamal crawford you can't turn your head on that guy because he's going to run around two screens of the clippers set and then he's going to hit a jumper so you can't you can't move him for just a minute and alan crab messes that stuff up a lot and it's been di- it's been disappointing given that he's a year older another all those minutes from last year and it's, it's really it's a tough spot for the blazers to pay all those guys and the only guys so far because Myers hasn't played any minutes yet uh, or I mean he has over the last five games I guess but um, is uh, the only guy who's worked out that they paid has been Harkless right yeah Harkless yeah. has been fantastic for the most part offensively and he's I think he's doing his best on the on the perimeter uh, he's not as good at that stuff as Aminu is but I think he's doing I, I think Harkless is doing pretty much his part out there and he's been that's been really encouraging to see him. And I think his defense is just such a better fit with the guards. And, you know, one saving grace uh, I will say is that that starting lineup, as much as I've ragged on Plumlee for being bad on defense, and we just mentioned Mm -hmm. Lillard, you know, that starting lineup has a good defensive rating, has a good offensive rating, small sample, but that's their best lineup. And Mm -hmm. it's good that they at least have one good lineup that they can really trust. And they can be like, that's a positive for us. We can count on that. But also the biggest thing with that is that the Blazers' whole roster strategy is about depth. Mm-hmm. And they're not giving them anything. Right. It, that's that's the formula that they had two years ago when they won. in the, Or was it two years ago or three years ago now? Three years ago when they had the uh, Rolo, when they had that five. It was like a six-man team. It was the starting five and Mo Williams. and mm-hmm. And this team is right now the starting five and... Ed Davis, right? The, 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 it, it's basically a six-man team right now, and because and, and, Myers, he's played a little bit better, I will say. I, I think Myers has looked a little bit better, a little bit more confident. Myers looked a lot better in the last five games since he started playing. Yeah, so, so like, like I talked about two weeks ago, when he when he he just needed minutes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. needed minutes for his confidence. And, so. and 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 the shoulder, I think, was a factor. I think he probably couldn't strengthen it the same way that he did in most off seasons as he would because he was recovering from surgery. And so, yeah, I, I think you could probably throw Myers into that as like a seven-man squad. But, like, because mm-hmm. he's been playing well. But, you know, Crab and Turner are supposed to be part of that nine-man rotation and huge parts of it. And to an extent, we talked about a lot in the preseason and in the offseason, as you said, about the roster construction of this team being depth, having almost two teams of guys that you could throw out there and count on. And it seems like... They just haven't been able to count on those guys in the second units, mm-hmm. and they, and they've been being. It, it's not even that's the thing that's craziest to me is that 
not only have has Turner's numbers been so bad and Crabs plus it, the fact that they're not that they're just getting outscored, but the fact that they're giving up so many points, it's it, it's like, it's yeah, it's really concerning. And 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 Turner again, another guy, uh, one of the reasons that you know one of the things that they did to kind of whether it was to sell that move or to justify it was that he's a bigger defender. He's six, seven and he provides a little, he's a little bit more willing defender, but he hasn't, he isn't really, cause I, I, maybe it's because he, when he's out there, you know, he, he's offensive fulcrum, offensive focus. He's getting the ball all the time. Who maybe, I, I don't know what the problem is, but he's just not defending the way that you would want. And crab, I agree with you 100%. It's just, it, it's so frustrating to watch a dude that has, all of the tools to be mm-hmm. a plus defender. He moves super well without the ball on offense. You don't mm-hmm. like, you know, like he, he does all these things and it's like it, it, but he just doesn't, he's, he's not paying attention the whole time on defense. And he, and for the role that he has on this team, he can't get by not doing that because they don't have enough guys where it's like everybody can score. It, 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 yeah. Everybody can't just score and shoot jumpers on this team, and I feel like, <laughs> and, and, and and I feel like, and I feel like, Crab just hasn't done the the things that matter to win. Yeah. And and and, mm-hmm. and and like, yeah, I mean, they talked about getting back to basics and all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think the there's a lot of feeling like maybe it's the same thing for Crab that we talked about for. Uh, you know, some of the other guys where if you sort of switch positions and you, let's say you're, you're good at, you know, we're talking about Mason Plumley, I think, a little bit. And I was sort of theorizing about how uh, he plays offense away from the basket, facing the basket, and then he has to defend with the back to the basket. So maybe that's different in terms of, like, not being able to know where he's supposed to be. Maybe Crab's the same way because a lot of his plays on defense are guarding a, you know, a shooting guard or a small forward, and he's facing – towards the ball away from the basket but i mean that could just be a theory i also don't think that's a good um i mean that's how you if you've been a shooting guard your whole life that's also how you play defense your all your entire life so it's you shouldn't be bad at it at this point in time i i don't know i mean i mean let's i know that basketball twitter and all these people will you know be like it's a hot take you know columnist take but like let's be real i think the money has has probably changed him a little bit because like yeah. how could it not how could seventy how could, how how, could seventy million how could seventy five million dollars not change you and so yeah. I I do think I don't know you know I I I don't know what specific things have changed but maybe the, the we we should talk about that because it, it it's 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 a thing that affects all of us as humans so why would it not mm-hmm. affect how Alan Crabb sees himself or like you, you never know in a situation like that maybe he's you know, more people are counting on him. You don't know, so yeah. so it so it, it, it it's um it's a really interesting situation, and 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 can get resolved. He's obviously been a very productive player, was very productive last year, and earned that contract. And I thought he was better than a lot of the guys that were on the free agent market. I thought he deserved that contract. It's just for this team, he's got to readjust what he thinks he has to do. I think he, he's got yeah. to be a better defender and he has to put that first because if, if he doesn't, then, you know, that that's just a problem that keeps on compounding itself. Yeah. I think the number one thing he has to do over the next, what month is it? November. So 12 months, yeah. as I would say, the first thing he has to do over the next, obviously over this season is he has to be a better defender. He has to be a better team defender. He has to be, uh, 
he just um he has some technical mistakes you know when a guy shifts his weight from his hips he puts his foot in the wrong spot he puts the wrong foot up towards the guy that kind of stuff um and like i said he's getting he's getting you know when he's on the weak side he's turning his head towards the ball and that that lets guys run off screens or cut or just get a jump on him, that little jump so that's that's the number one thing and the other thing he has to do in the next 12 months is if he's going to stay with portland he has to be able to dribble a basketball <laughs> not saying he's not saying he's terrible but he 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 so rarely we saw a year where you know they forced Nick Batum to run that pick and roll, and he was just—I mean—trying to split picks and like dribbling off a guy's feet, and it was bad. And then he came back the next year, and they made him do it again, and he was a little bit better. Not enough to where I was like, "Let's have him end a game yeah. in, by running the pick and roll or anything." Not with Damian around, but let's uh, let's see him at least be able to have that as a reliable part of the offense to have somebody set that screen, create that. Um, that negative space in an offense and create issues for other shooters around him. Alan Crabb has to be able to be relied on in that offense to be able to run a pick and roll and run it well and be able to get around it and not have guys be able to switch onto him quickly and create that negative space. And he can't do that right now. Yeah. And, and I just, I forgot my point that I wanted to touch on the point that you made about him hmm. facing the basket and him. I, I think mm-hmm. the problem with him and Plumley is, I think it is a similar problem, even though it is different. Because I think it's a problem of anticipation in terms of anticipation instead of dictating what's happening. So, so, mm, yes. so, okay. so, so it's a it's a thing where Crab can make smart things happen when he's dictating the flow, but he can't anticipate when someone's going to do something. Like he he's not a step ahead. I feel- see. And the thing for me that I've always been confused about, just as a as a player myself, as a player who was a uh, very good offensive player and had good vision. And also was the person like trying to take charges and be a hazard on defense. Is it? I saw the court the same way, so I have a. I have a personally have a. It's always interesting to me when guys who see the court really well and know the offense really well also seem to get lost in space on defense. It's it's very interesting to yeah. me, just from a perspective of how do you know the offense. Like the offensive side of the ball, well, how can you feel that negative space on offense and make the right pass or move into space? But on defense, you're just, like you don't feel that negative space the same way. You don't move the same way. And of course, NBA defenses are so insanely complex; they would blow your mind in terms of if you actually had to go through a practice for one. But um, it's always interesting to me. I would say, I think, I think it's interesting to yeah, me. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I definitely think it's really interesting. That's a, it's an interesting problem that I think afflict. It, I think that problem afflicts both those guys, both mm-hmm. Plum, Plumley yeah. and Crab, because they're both super smart offensive players. But um, right. Dane put out a call for I did for some Twitter questions, and so we are going to do a mailbag of sorts, a, a, a tweeter bag. Um, <laughs> And our first question comes from friend of the show, Wait for Dusk, asking what's wrong. Good, 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 good Twitter friend. Good, good Twitter friend. Good, good Laker fan. Um, yep. What's wrong with the Blazers? I think we. Ooh, I think I think we just. I think we just that, did. So, so we honest. did that. Okay, so we, we cover that every sh- night. Sh- shout every out for night. the question, yeah. Wait for Dusk. Um, <laughs> um, let's see, we got. Sean uh, Michael Mager, uh, who asked us, well, that already happened, so that's a, that's one that's already been spoiled. Let, let's take a serious question. Who's okay. the best member of the C.J. McCollum draft class from at Kyle Brown one three three three? Let's see here. So he gives he wants to know specifically him, Giannis, uh, Anthony Bennett. Well, it's definitely not Anthony Bennett. Yeah, and 
So and the number so and the number two pick in that was Victor Oladipo. Uh huh. So he's a better player than Victor Oladipo. He's better than Victor Oladipo. I would say, I yeah. would say Giannis is probably is the better. Right today. Okay. Well, today I say CJ is better. The better today. the better prospect yeah. is Giannis. Yeah. Uh, I think today. I think today. I mean, CJ's stats are incredible right now. Like he, he mm-hmm. he's balling. Like he's he's. Do you think CJ's hit a ceiling though? No, Whereas, no. Do you think he's he's closer to his ceiling than Giannis is? is okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, CJ's averaging twenty two. I think he could average twenty five. One mm-hmm. one. I I don't think he's gonna get to. I don't necessarily see him becoming Curry, but I think. Right. But but I think he could be. I think he could score at a really high level. You know, on. I think he could score at the same level as maybe a guy like Kyrie someday. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Okay. I I I, I think see. I mean, I, I CJ it, it has gotten better, and I think he he'll continue to get better. I, I I don't see. I know he is older, but I mean, we've seen guards, lots of guards, continuously get better. I mean, you see DeRozan getting better, and he can't even shoot a jumper. <laughs> yeah. So you so I I would I would probably agree with you. It's it's hard because I. Giannis is does so much stuff well, but there's also a lot of context missing from that Bucks team, right? Like CJ adds direct success, which has led the Blazers to win. True, and the Bucks are still struggling as a as a team. So it's, maybe that's just because that right now today, as we speak, CJ is a a better player than Giannis. But I think overall, right? It's like it's it's hard to not look at Giannis, who's what eight feet tall now and uh shoots threes and chase down blocks and uh you know uses his wingspan to cover the entire width of the paint and does all this crazy stuff so yeah uh, the the yeah. idea of Giannis the Giannis and the Bucks are like a great idea <laughs> they really just, are like yeah. the Bucks are the best idea they're, they're just a great idea for a team um right so from at rip citizen underscore NBA uh, any idea what a Festus looks like? Um, well, we don't know what Festus looks like. Festus Azili looks like on the Blazers, so no, we, uh, we have no idea what that looks like. I mostly just go with Festus from The Simpsons. There's a Festus in The Simpsons. Yeah, isn't isn't the hillbilly uh, uh, character Festus from The Simpsons? Oh, oh right? man, I, the only see I, every time the only TV no, 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 I get about Festus is fe- Festivus, which is coming up. Festus Buckler is the child of Brandine and Cletus. Cletus, Cletus is the is the father. Is the Cletus baby. the slack? Sorry, Brandine. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. So I know I, I don't know what Festus looks like actually outside of you know, and we haven't seen him in a blazer uniform at least not outside of media day. So yeah, we don't know what he looks like. Yeah. Well. Um. All right. How about uh, from from our friend our friend Jay Allen? Yeah. Uh, at PDXJ, he wants to know. You and I are both Oregon Ducks, so this is perfect. This is huge. Who is going to be the Ducks' next head coach? A lot of big names out there. Well, actually, medium names. Yeah, medium names. <laughs> I uh, who do I think or who do I want? Ooh, that's a good question. Let, how about do think first and then want second? Okay, think. Uh, it, it feels like Jim McElvain. Jim McElwain would be like the guy from Florida, which I, it wouldn't be a bad wouldn't be a bad choice. It's not my first choice. But I feel like he's he's a local dude. He's from he went to Eastern Washington. Okay. Um. That that and he's won 
you know, he's one in the SEC, which is mm-hmm. so. I'm gonna go with that guy because he it's he, he's okay. from he 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 has some Northwest connections. Who do you want then? Chip, 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 yeah, okay. Chip Kelly. I I want them to wait <laughs> for the Niners to fire him. You don't you don't feel as though there's any kind of you can't you like the whole uh, you can never go home again. Second marriages never work. Uh, you know that's n- none of that is in your head with Chip. No. <laughs> Not a, well. Here's the here's the thing. I would just hate it. If yeah, the Ducks hire a coach, and he gets fired. He, he gets fired, and then he goes to another. Then he goes, then he goes to some yeah. Big Ten school and makes them good. <laughs> I'm gonna hate it. Yeah. So so I so, I so I I would rather they. I know it's like the word. It doesn't. This is the thing that sucks about college football because you're recruiting all the time. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff matters. The Ducks just lost a commit today. So like I get why they need a coach there now. But like, okay. I, if you All can right. wait for Chip, I would wait for Chip because, like, I mean, okay. next year seems like I'm, a wash anyway. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna combine my answers okay. because who I think they'll go for is the same person I think they're that I would have them hire. The answer, Chip Kelly, dude. Here's why. Here's why. Here's 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 what the feeling is after being a Ducks fan for so long and seeing how they make these coaching choices, which is just like, uh, I don't know pick the guy who was sitting in the booth before and like put him down there and see if they like him. I mean, we were talking about hiring Scott Frost before and which is like also also a terrible idea. I, no. Not the not not the coach, not the coach for the Ducks at all. No. Not the coach, not for the program that was built from Bellotti and, and Chip Kelly. As as silly as it is to say if you're listening to this like as an SEC fan saying, "Oh, you're in a football powerhouse." The Oregon Ducks very quickly came into the national echelon and were there. So, that program for kids who are 16 years old getting recruited they they don't give they don't care what anybody did in, even in like say in the 90s they don't care about some, Notre Dame they don't care they don't yeah, they don't care I about mean, any I of mean, that stuff Notre Dame like, gets like, a, you if, know if, I mean. if if you're 16 no. if you're if you're let's see if you're 20 now when you were getting recruited like Notre Dame was terrible who gives a shit about Notre Dame? Like Notre Dame sucks. Yeah. I, like, I, that, where where is Notre Dame? Who cares? I mean, I want to go Oregon. Yeah, you know, that's what, like, that, that's what kids are like. People, so people wear like this is people wear Oregon stuff in random parts of the country and just like I, I, they are the weirdest. They one, are, the weirdest one is uh, little kids like peewee uniforms in the South that are literally Oregon Ducks jerseys. Like they're they're just different colors. It's crazy. No, so I, I don't buy – I see him on Instagram. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily – like obviously the coach turnover and all that stuff. I don't think that, that – they they had a decommit today. I don't necessarily right. think that that's going to have a lasting impact on future classes or future recruits because I do think it is ingrained in a lot of people's minds who are young that Oregon – Well, that was, maybe, that was maybe the biggest problem with Helfrich is like how come he couldn't recruit? I mean he's four years in, so his class should be seniors now. Uh, he had a, an entire line full of freshmen. I mean, basically, some due to injury, but still, it's just like, what's uh, you know, you have the Oregon brand. That was maybe my biggest disappointment for him was just that they couldn't seem to get their talent up, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I guess, um, even though they have that Oregon brand, every time he walks into a room, every time he walks into somebody's living room. So the reason I picked Chip is because I think that the, as much as I hate to say it. The leadership at the University of Oregon for the methodology for which they pick their coaches is extremely bland and dull and I think kind of thick. So if I'm looking at P.J. Fleck or somebody else and you're changing the entire 
especially something that's ingrained in Oregon's football for these for these recruits very specifically is the idea of how their offense works. And part of the reason um, a lot of the guys they've considered for head coach in the past is because they've continued that offensive tradition, especially especially for Helfrich after Chip, or even considering Scott Frost. So if if that's what's happening, they're not thinking outside the box at all. And so, you know, I have a, like my best friend wants them to hire somebody else and change the offense and do something else and just like move on, right? Which is fine. I, I would agree with that 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 in, as an idea. But with what I think is going to happen, the thing that it makes the most sense for looking at the past for this leadership of the university for what they would want to do is just say, look, Chip, like let's say he did get like they're just going to wait. Because, I mean, they, they waited to fire Helfrich too long, so um, not, not out of the realm of possibility. They're just going to wait around and say, Chip, look, you, ba- you got bounced twice, and we want you back. And Phil has ponied up an offer of, like, $12 million a year or some stupid amount of money. Right. How You already built a house here that's empty, like, in Eugene. It took three years to build. Nobody's in it. I'm sure – well, maybe it has all. I don't know. But, like – you know, you have all this history. Everyone would – I mean, you and I both want him back. Everyone would love would him. Be, he could be coached for life. It would be the – And it's, 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 not an, it's not an imaginative pick. It makes total sense for – it's what I want, stupidly, because I'm also very narrow-minded <laughs> about it. But it would make sense for the university to pick him because that's the, that's the kind of hire that they would make. It would be like the – It just is. It would be like the college football version of LeBron. Why can't you go home? Like Mike, well, Mike I don't, okay, why not? I, every, okay, I, my, Mike, Would you the Beavers co- did it, and it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Their football program was decent, right? When Mike Riley was there, like people, like people will hate on Mike Riley and Beaver fans too, and I think he things run their course. But I think there's a feeling, uh, uh, at least among people who watched Oregon and when Chip left, that he left with unfinished business. Like I, I, I feel like right. th- there's more of a sense that he left something on the table here than there, you know, than I, and, and so I, and I think it, it, that's why it reminds me more of LeBron. Like it reminds mm-hmm. me, like it feels like chip left something on the table. When, and when the only he, thing when that he, I think that would hold that back. It was obviously very hard for him to leave because he almost left once mm-hmm. and then came back. So he clearly, right, right. he clearly has strong feelings there. And that's, that's the only thing that I, I think would be, the uh, sort of the roadblock between that sort of line of thinking about how this university hires head football coaches is whether or not there was any sort of animosity left on the side of the uh, uh, university or probably the university of Oregon side from him leaving possibly, you know, the, uh, he did almost leave twice. So it's like, if, if there's things which, you know, I've heard uh, very small rumblings about, but nobody knows for sure. If that is a real thing, then that's possible that it's okay. Well, it's, we're talking about it now. That's what everybody wants, but it was like, some huge rift between the university and him. And he's like, no, I'm never coming back there. And the university is maybe saying, we don't ever want him back. But if that's not the case, it seems to make the most sense. Everybody here wants it. It makes the most sense. You keep the same culture. Kids love Chip. Kids love Chip. That dude is, if you've ever seen him speak, he's he is a college football coach for sure. You know he's never done anything else in his life. I, I mean, yeah. So to answer the, answer the question from uh, Jay Allen, I I think it's going to be Chip. That's also who I want it to be. Yeah. Thanks to to Jay Allen, uh, <laughs> reporter and host over at Fox Sports Radio, Rip City Radio. You'll hear him pretty much anytime you listen to the Blazers on the radio. So thanks for Jay, uh, from to Jay from chiming in. And um, 
Oh well, yeah, I think that's it. I, I think that yeah. I think that was good. Um, yeah. Send us more questions, guys. We'd love to do more of these. Yeah, it, we'll we'll send out more stuff on our our Twitter pages before we record, and uh, you guys can hit us with uh, maybe some, maybe not all questions about the ducks because we did get a lot of questions about the ducks well, <laughs> somehow. Well, may, people, may, pe- people are tired of the defense. Maybe so. they'll yeah. People are tired of the defense. People want to talk about the ducks. Both teams no 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 teams in Oregon play defense. Yeah, uh, apparently nobody does defense here. It's just because it's just not that cool. Um, yeah, it's not cool. It's not cool. Okay. Um, well, uh, thank you for joining us uh, for another episode of Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play. If you want to advertise, send us an email at lockdownblazers at gmail And yeah, we'll be back soon. Yeah. See you later, guys. Rush into Old Navy today for up to 50% off store-wide. Get dresses from $15 for women, $12 for girls, plus up to 75% off clearance for the whole family right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1016 to 1020, select styles only.